Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 855. I would have to say, see a need, fill a need. You see a problem, get up, go do it. Don't be afraid to fail. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jason Zademan. Hey, Jason, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Heck yeah. Here we go. Jason Zademan is the founder and president of Operation Combat Bike Saver. He's a United States Army veteran and combat engineer who served prior to 9-11. Jason started his program in a little shed in his backyard as a way to help veterans and first responders. The first bike project built in that shed was the green KZ750. At Operation Combat Bike Saver, they build bikes with heroes for heroes, breathing life back into the tarnished motorcycles while honing the skills and minds of veterans and first responders from the deafening grip of PTSD, PBI, and depression. Participants fabricate, paint, well-build, and resurrect bikes that were once damaged and forgotten into something new and truly unique. Jason's father was a U.S. Marine in Vietnam, and he was also the famed Ratfink artist Randy Zademan. His father taught Jason and his siblings how to express themselves creatively at a very early age, and now Jason is passing those talents forward. I learned about Jason through Mike Rose TV show, Returning the Favor. It's a great show. If you haven't caught it, I'll make sure I put a link on his show notes page. It shows you a lot more of the great things that he's doing for uh, his fellow veterans there, actually around the country. So, Jason, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little more about your career and, of course, your passion for helping others through motorcycles? Sure. Thank you. It's a, it's a fun project. It was kind of one of those uh, things where I knew um, our community needed it. I'm a hot rodder, true and true. I grew up in a hot rod shop, a uh, paint shop. My dad was uh, an original sign painter, did a lot of lettering, had fonts in his head like crazy. We went to car shows, car hops. We spent our life at, at car shows and drive-ins and, you know, everything was hot rod stuff. We'd go down to junkyards and yank stuff out of the junkyard that was practically nothing, maybe a hundred bucks or so, just drag it out of there, all sure. beat up. And then <laughs> that resurrection process, that fun working with my dad in the garage and making something that was forgotten about and beat up into something that was cool and whether restoring it or making it something different and cool, like rat rodding it. So I grew up in that rat rod community. We didn't have a whole lot of money. So it was uh, make something cool out of out of nothing. Did you ever dream way back then that you'd ever be using that as a metaphor for how you're helping combat veterans and first responders today? Because it's really funny how that whole thing has come back around, hasn't it? Exactly. And I was actually thinking about that the other day that I've grown up and spent my entire life rebuilding things like taking things that were either in a junkyard or and it's very metaphorical. So it's weird how I, did, I didn't mean for it to happen, really. I mean, it kind of was one of those aha moments where it's everything that I've done in my past just bottled into one. But yet that one thing is helping a ton of people. Yeah. So that same therapy that I got with working in the garage and it doesn't cost that much money. You know, there's some projects, you know, and I, you know, I wish I had a bunch of money to, to do some of these projects where, you sure. know, rebuilding motors and blowers and all kinds of cool, you know, we all love horsepower. Oh, yeah. 
but a lot of us don't have that much. So that was one of those things where I wanted to teach it. So it's a weird how, like you said, like it's all come back around. It's fantastic. I feel spoiled a little bit sometimes that, you know, I grew up in that and I kind of, I guess I take it for granted, but by me taking that for granted, it's helped me, um, it's helped me teach people that have, have never been in that, that lifestyle and help keep that culture, that hot rod culture alive uh, by spreading it to these guys that have never seen it before. It's in the culture of uh, the saying is keep it wet, you know, for the automotive artists, yes. you know, so yeah. we're trying to keep it alive. I want to keep this culture going and um, it can work for our veterans, too, as far as therapy. So I figured, why not? You know, I've had uh, several guests on the show here at Cars Yeah that do things to help vets. One was a gentleman who take them out on motorcycle rides. And you're a motorcycle rider. I've ridden motorcycles. You know that when you're on a bike, you have to focus on what you're doing. You can't think about everything else. Unlike driving a car where you could drive to work and not even remember the drive. If you do that on a bike, you won't make it to work most of the time. So uh, I think it's great how you've taken what this passion is about your life and turned it into a way to help others. It's absolutely brilliant. We're going to learn a lot more of that as we go through the questions I have. But first, I want to ask you about a success quote or a mantra, something that has some great meaning to you that's uh, kind of helped you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Jason, grab the handlebars. Got him. So my inspirational quote, I guess, uh, and some words that I've uh, always lived by and, and a lot of people that know me, I'm not too much of a talker. I'm a doer. So I guess in the famous words of Toby Keith, I'm not sure if he's the first one that said it, but less talk, more action. Being in the garage, doing stuff, being creative uh, is my place to be. I, I'm not one to um, sit around and and talk and jibber jaw. I, I would love to just be in a garage. My kind of day is to hang out in the garage and build cool stuff. The conversation could be after, after the cool thing's done. So less talk, more action is probably my famous quote. Yeah, well, it's obvious you follow that mantra because after watching that TV show with Mike Rowe, I went, this is a guy just getting things done. And yeah, he just goes and does it no matter what, figures out a way to do it. You've got a community around you now that helps support you. All these wonderful people. It's not going to happen unless you're actually doing something. So uh, I like that. The biggest thing that I would say to go kind of go along with that is don't be afraid to make a mistake. Mm. I failed. I've tripped over things. I've hit speed bumps. I've run into all kinds of things, um, but I've never been afraid of failure. Those failures have taught me so many things. So honestly, I'm grateful for all the failures I've had in my life. Wonderful learning lessons, all those failures. We're going to get to that one in a minute. But first, I want to go back in time a little bit. Now, you talked about this dad of yours surrounding you with hot rods and cars. So this next question may be hard to answer because it seems like your whole life was surrounded by cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realize that you, too, were a car guy, a bike guy? Well, a bit while I was a kid. Then, I, So I was 17, joined the Army. I was 18 by the time I actually went in. I left. I was gone for a good four years because I was active duty. So I was actually stationed in Fort Riley, Kansas. So I was kind of out of it for a while. But even while I was in the military, I'd go out in the parking lot, work on my truck. And, you know, I still did stuff. I still had that itch. It was away from me for a while. But literally, as soon as I got out of the military, I jumped right back in it, opened up a business with my dad. We were doing hot rod stuff on cars, painting interiors, pinstriping, painting stuff, you know, signs. We did anything to help express someone. Like if someone wanted to express something, whether it be pimping out their car or pinstriping or lettering or a mural, 
um, or a business, you know, if they wanted signage or to express something psychologically to get a message across to their, whether it be their customer or just out to people. So helping people express themselves has been a, a thing that I kind of, I grew up in. Well, and you're still doing it too with what you're doing oh, with yeah. your, your program. So there again, it's all coming back around. I see there's, there's a pinpoint target in your life of where yep. you've been heading. So oh, yeah. very cool. Well, you talked about challenges and what you're dealing with with helping all these combat veterans and first responders is helping them through challenges. I would love for you to take us to a point in time where you had a big challenge in your life or even a big failure. Kind of walk us through that. But of course, as you so poignantly said, Failures are learning lessons. So take us through that and help us understand how that specific situation helped you learn even more. Oh, there's so many. Going back, I guess, uh, when I was a child, I grew up in a, so I had a stepmother and a father and a half brother and a half sister mm-hmm. or a stepmother and a half sister. So, but it was always the, so I knew that there was no steps in our family that like, those are technical words, and these have always been challenges to some people, but I got used to those things uh-huh. as they're just my brother, they're just my sister, and that's my mom. So since then, I've met my real mom and all that, and, you know, I've talked to her, and, you know, it's just we're just people sharing this planet. So there's all those challenges I've taken with me along the way. Uh, losing my father, the guy that created me to the person that I am today, no matter how hard he was on me, you know, Marine Corps vet. But he taught me everything. And, and the biggest thing that he taught me was the outside the box. And since then, I'm more of a there is no box kind of guy. So I, I like to challenge everything. Probably the biggest the biggest challenge has actually been since I was a kid, and it's usually instilled when you're young, is is poverty. So when you grow up and you don't have many things and you struggle to, you know, you see uh, miserable kids, you know, that don't have things and they're bullied at school or because they don't have the coolest shoes or whatever. There's a lot of things that come along, a lot of negatives that come along with not having things as a kid. Mm-hmm. But the thing my dad and, and I always seen in my dad and my mom that they always had smiles on their face still because we were so busy doing stuff and being creative and doing artwork. And when you take that step back and you look, you're like, man, I just made that thing. And right. like, look at how cool it is. Like you can still be happy. Who cares? You can barely pay, pay your bills, you know, but you got to be creative. So it was that, that distraction process of being creative all day long and making cool and different things. There's no monotony, but you're not doing assembly work. You know, right. you're doing something cool and unique for a customer yeah. or a person or whatever. So I learned that as a kid too, that, if I wanted to entertain myself, I had so many tools around the shop. I had paint brushes. I had, you know, and I already had that mentality of, ooh, I could do this with that, that with that. You know, my favorite field trip was to go to the junkyard and pick up like <laughs> license plates and like weird things out of the junkyard. So poverty was a was a challenge. The military was a challenge when I got out, leaving my parents, leaving my home that, you know, being a kid and taking that gamble and that risk of going out on my own and not being afraid of failing. Yeah. Uh, failed marriages. You know, I, I've been married twice. I don't know if it's a, a veteran thing. Uh, I made wrong choices. Things happen. Missing my daughter, missing my dad. Uh, a lot of things that have happened in my past where I need that closeness of people that I love so much as my daughter and my dad, you know, when they're away from me, that really kind of, uh, it resonates. It's not one of those things that you can just make go away. So what I found was going out in the garage and that's my way of being with my dad is, is working on cool stuff, you know, and then always, and it's always money. 
you know, trying to operate. So I run my own business. I'm, I'm the only, so it's me and my wife. She's my secretary. I silk screen. I'm an artist. I do graphic design. I help uh, other organizations do fundraisers and stuff. So I own my own business. I don't have any employees. So that, that's a challenge where I'm trying to divide my time between my business and the nonprofit. Right. So it's something that um, it's a it's a juggling act. And I have the most amazing wife in the world where she handles all of my aggravations and <laughs> struggles. Of, you know, I'm trying to do the business and I'm trying to run over to the shop to do this or pick up some materials over here or call this guy down in Indy because he's got something he wants to donate. And it's going to be, you know, so all these great, amazing things that are happening with the organization. Uh, it's a complete juggling act. And Andrew, too, you know, the, uh, the VP. Oh, yeah. Andrew's great. A shout out to Andrew. Nasty Andrew. <laughs> Amazing man. I love the guy to death. Yeah. Uh, he's got an amazing family. He's been juggling. You know, he's finally graduated from college, but he was for the past year and a half or so. He's been juggling, you know, school, his wife, his two boys, his whole family life, his work schedule, the organization, plus building a bike himself. That guy's taken on a humongous workload and yeah. he has been honestly this OCB wouldn't even be what it is today without him either. So shout out to Andrew. I love you. You know, there's a couple of takeaways I get from this. And, and thanks for taking us some really personal sides of your life. One is find something you're passionate about doing and use that as an outlet for frustration, an outlet for direction, for focus. Another is make sure you surround yourself with the right people, marrying the right person, having somebody who's supportive. I've just celebrated 33 years of marriage with my wife, Jill. And yeah, she uh, she puts up with a lot with me and, uh, you know, is a supporter of everything I've done, especially with this whole podcast concept, which was just a wacky brain child thing. So yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, I appreciate you taking us down those lanes. Let's shift gears though and go to another moment. Like I call it kind of call it an aha moment. And maybe what you could talk about here is how you put this organization for bike building together, because that had to be a real aha to go, this is how I can help other people through a passion that I have. So it it actually started when, because because of my business, I do a lot of uh, fundraisers and everything. So I seen in the community that there was a lot of um, spreading awareness and complaining about a problem in our veteran community about veterans uh, committing suicide, for one thing, destroying their lives and others. They kind of self-destruct, self-medicate. There's tons of things that there's not programs out there for this. So, you know, it was always just in the back of my mind. Uh, I wish there was programs out there, whatever. I never vocalized that. I just kind of like stuck in the back of my mind. So during that time, I started working on my own motorcycle. I bought it back uh, probably five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. And so seven years ago, I bought this bike, 600 bucks. It's a 1979 KZ1000 Arizona Highway Patrol bike. This thing's already crazy fast. Um, but when I bought it, it was a junker. Like it barely ran. I mean, there was like homemade instrument panels that were just dangling off of it. It didn't have any switches. It didn't have any gauges. Everything was basically gutted off this bike. So mm -hmm. I had started from scratch. And within like a week to two weeks, me and my buddy Danny Allen uh, took it into the garage. And I tore that thing down and did a quick rat rod thing to it just ratted it out a little bit and i wrote it for two three years um because i was busy and everything and so things are still building and you know the things are still the idea is still back there it just hadn't come out yet so as i'm going doing all these events and that thought and that idea was still back there so i decide to tear apart my bike and do a whole total rebuild on it 
I had no idea what direction I was going to go in. It, it ended up just ending up the way it is now. I don't know if you've seen pictures of it, but it's oh, got yeah. spider webs ripping out of the tank. It's eyeballs of the turn signal. <laughs> yeah. All the wiring's underneath the paint. And then my, the last coat of it, obviously, is my dad's ashes. So that, and then it's got all OH Street Glide Harley rear end clip on it. So, I mean, this whole bike was a mutt and I don't even have, I got $1,300 into it roughly. So I'm barely at $2,000 total in the whole bike. That's buying it, materials, everything. So I'm like, so okay. And while I'm building that, I'm like, it didn't cost me that much money. And I was distracted the entire time. I would forget to eat. My wife would come into the garage. She's like, I texted you like an hour ago. I know. I said, dinner's cold. You know, <laughs> dinner's cold. And I was like, I'm not checking my phone. I was like, I, I didn't even know it was dark out. You know, yeah. I got one little window and everything. You know, yeah. I'm just working away. I was in this la-la land. So then I, I finally get my bike done. It only took me about a month working like nights and weekends and stuff on it. And I started riding and everything. And I seen the the expression on people and veterans and just people in general when I would ride this thing around and everybody's like, wow, da, da, da. So then there's another thing that like flopped into this huge list of things that was like, it's like I was building this idea one piece at a time from ideas from people. So right. that's where I had this aha moment. I said, okay, so here's how it's going to work. I didn't have a name for it yet. We started like, I think our first day was September 6th. I got a couple buddies of mine and we, we pulled our money together and bought this motorcycle. It was a junk motorcycle. And I said, here's the idea. And it's going to be a, a metaphorical thing where you take this uh, broken down motorcycle because it, it, did, it worked for me, a broken down motorcycle. And then I, I'm needing of some kind of uh, a passion or something to do, something to keep my hands busy and keep my mind occupied. So I did that, basically wrote all this down line for line. And so... We started building this bike and a month later came up with the name and everything. And then that's what we do is we take and resurrect something and from nothing. It works as a residual thing. And then the, the pat on the back you get once that veteran gets done with that whole however long. So the first bike took 21 Sundays because we only do this on Sundays. So that veteran gets to work with other veterans and other people in a garage atmosphere and doing all this hot rod stuff, they're learning how to weld, fabricate, doing all these things, surprising themselves. I learn something new every time I do work in the garage. You know, I'm like, ooh, well, that yeah. could work with that. You know, <laughs> yeah. so your mind's constantly going, and then you get to hang, you get to hang out with other veterans and first responders, people that that are struggling the same way. So you already right off the bat have that connection with those people, so you don't feel nervous. So that icebreaker is already there. Right. Honestly, those kind of people that have signed that dotted line and understood the fact that they're mentally and physically they, that they could be damaged from their service. Right. They were willing to take that chance that they didn't have that fear of going and serving their country to defend people that are back home. So I'm going to create this atmosphere, put these people in it surrounded by motorcycles. They're not paying attention to the transformation in themselves. They're paying attention to the transformation on the motorcycle. That motorcycle is is um, evolving into something completely different, and they get to stand back like, "Wow, that's totally cool. It's a weird seat. You know, that's going to look amazing. Let's try this. Let's try that." So the mind's constantly going, and then those other six days of the week, they're doing that too. They're thinking about, "Well, I could do this," or they're doing their own research or whatever. And then Sunday comes along, we're like, "I thought about this all week. I want to do this, 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 and this, and this." So why would this not not work? Why would this? Um, why couldn't this be a therapy? So that aha moment was. While I was sitting there and then my wife was kind of um, aggravated with me because I was being 
uh, testy, I guess, because <laughs> I hadn't been I hadn't been in the garage in a while. Right. It had been months after I finished my bike. So that was actually the the real aha moment is when she said that you were happier. You you would at least need some garage time. It was like ding. I didn't say a <laughs> yeah. word to her. I went right out in the garage. Threw all these ideas down, and granted, it was all chicken scratch, and the idea was kind of there, so I wrote it all down, and then I took it to her, and she rewrote it. Like, she's an amazing writer. She's she's a word ninja. Same with Andrew. So she basically put together our entire mission statement. She knew exactly what I was getting at, mm -hmm. you know, and then we dissected it, changed some things, and then basically put together our mission. So September 6th was like the first day we did it, and it was like, Anthony, Kyle, and Kenny were the first ones that started it. And then since then, slowly we've just been growing. Like Andrew, my wife, several other board members have come since then to help evolve and make this organization what it is today. So it's, it's taking that idea of, of that garage therapy and camaraderie and working together and learning from each other. And I'd have to say that that aha moment was, um, I'm glad it happened. Oh, yeah, I think so. And so are a lot of people. And speaking about that, I would assume you've had a lot of uh, proudest moments as you've evolved this whole Operation Combat Bike Savers. But is there one that really stands out for you that you'd share? Um, I mean, proudest moment, obviously, is when my daughter was born. Amazing little girl. She's daddy's little girl. I love her to death. And she's a lot of the reason why I do everything that I do. Proudest moment was marrying my wife. You know, amazing woman. Helps me every bit of the way, completely supportive, trust me to the end, amazing partner, best friend, we play Call of Duty against each other. We, we do everything. Recently, probably one of my greatest, proudest moments is to, to see a guy, and everybody might know who it is, and I won't say, to see a guy come into a program one way, watch them the entire process, go through this entire program, and then... You'd be um, a totally, completely different person than they were a year and a half ago. To watch that change in people, and, and it's happened to several other people, but to actually get to witness someone not self-medicate anymore or they've just become an all-around more happy person. To have something that you created, an idea that you had, and to have it actually work can help people realize that you can be happy. You can still be happy. There's still an amazing life out there. And I think whoever that person is that you lost, like I lost my dad. Uh, there's tons of people that I miss, uh, friends while I was in the military that I lost in training. I would hope, you know, if I was lost, I would want people to move on and enjoy their life. Right. You know, just serving your country doesn't mean you don't have to feel guilty for the rest of your life. You don't have to feel guilty that you didn't serve enough or you didn't go into combat or you lost a buddy. Quit feeling guilty. Um, know that you did a good deed. Uh, you laid yourself out there. Um, you're still alive. You're still breathing. Go be happy. You don't have to be miserable. You can build cool stuff with other people. Just go be creative. One of the only ways that I think that you can leave your mark on this planet is to go be creative and build something unique. Well, Operation Combat Bike Saver is all about that. It's changing people's lives. And bikes are just the uh, the tool you use to do that, which is absolutely spectacular. So very well said. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. I'd love for you to share your first special car or motorcycles and you're into bikes. That first one that had a lot of meaning to you. 
67 El Camino. <laughs> there you go. You knew exactly what that was. And Craigers, uh, I love that thing. It was primer spotted all over the place. Me and my dad shaved in the tailgate to where it was all one. Nice. I wanted to put a jacuzzi in the back of it. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but <laughs> it was the idea. <laughs> but I loved that thing. It was kind of, it was hot wheeled out. It was jacked up in the rear. Uh, lowered in the front, had a 283 in it. It was kind of weak, but it sounded really mean. You know, I could break the wheels loose on it here and there. It was my baby. It was something, my first vehicle that I bought. Uh, my grandparents saved like nickels from when I was a kid all the way up till I was like 16 or 17. And then like they cashed those in and that's what I bought it. I paid like five, $600 and $600 was a lot for, you know, a kid back then. This sure. Was 90. 95, I think, 96. So my 67 El Camino was my back and forth to and from work, to and from school here and there. But I had to share it too with my dad because they needed it for work every once in a while because they owned a sign shop up in East Chicago. And I grew up most of my time in, in Southern California, but we moved around a lot. We had the, the, the gypsy lifestyle. <laughs> uh, but I actually, I love the change of scenery, but that 67 El Camino was my, I would love to have it back. Is that your uh, seller's remorse vehicle? Is that the car you wish you had back, or is there another one in your life? Oh, yeah. Now, everything. there's a couple other old trucks that I've had. You know, I had a 69 GMC. It was nice. Me and my uncle, we uh, yanked the V6 out of it and threw a crank motor in it. And, you know, it was pretty nice, but I had to sell it. I just recently had an 83 uh, Cheyenne. It was slammed. 20-inch rim, stuff like that on it. And I had it all patinaed. So it was like orange and all the like Bondo and, yeah. and paint yeah. and different layers of paint was kind of coming through. It was kind of cool. But I ended up having to sell that, move on to other things. I wanted to finish my bike. And yeah. I picked up my, dad, my dad's, uh, I believe it's a 61 Bell camper that my dad restored. And he kind of rat-finked it out and everything. My uncle had for <laughs> a really long time. So I've been working on restoring that in yeah. my spare time. Well, let's talk a little more about Operation Combat Bike Saver. Uh, let our listeners know, how does somebody get involved in this? How does the process work? We've kind of touched on a lot of these pieces of it. And again, I'll encourage folks to go to uh, Jason's show notes page on the Cars yeah website, and I'll have links to different ways you can learn about this. You can donate and help this cause, but kind of walk us through the process of somebody getting involved in this. Yeah, so um, a veteran, combat veteran, first responder, anyone that has served their community or their country, if they want to get involved in this program, they go to our website or our Facebook page or just show up on a shop day. And we only do this on Sundays. So what they do is they come out, they fill out an application, they fill out a safety waiver. We go over our SOPs. We have standard operating procedures, safety stuff, you know, in our shop. It's totally confidential. Nobody reads it besides our director of veteran affairs, who is also a combat veteran. There's basically a vetting process to make sure, you know, you have your DD-214 information that proves you are who you say you are. And you fill out all your experience um, when you served, where you served. We're only in Northwest Indiana right now, so we have a lot of people from out of state that fill out applications. And I'm not sure that they understand that we only operate on Sundays yeah. and we're also only in Indiana. What they do is if they're in the area, usually within a – we have people that drive out from – uh, a good 75 to 100 miles away. So we had people that came out from Ohio, which is like uh, Cleveland, Ohio. That was a seven-hour drive for them Wow! that they drove uh, just to come to a shop day on Sunday. Same thing with another uh, two guys came down from Michigan. That was another five, five-and-a-half-hour drive. A lot of people come down from the uh, the Chicago area. That's a around an hour, hour drive right. uh, down. So. Uh, a lot of people, if they if they can make it in on Sundays and they don't mind um, the drive or the commute, 
they come into a shop day. We usually start about eight o'clock in the morning and we start cleaning up shop, getting ready to um, figure out what, what our plans are for the day, what bike we're going to work on or what side project. Because we build little scooters and other kind of little weird stuff, you know, it doesn't matter what you, a lamp. I don't care. We don't care. Table, anything. So they fill out that application. And what our, our veteran uh, director of veteran affairs does is we we contact them and they go through a 10 step process where. So actually, I'll read it off to you. Uh, you get an email response back explaining the process so you know what to expect from the program. Kind of explains exactly what we do. It's just therapy. It doesn't cost you anything. You come out. You experience the camaraderie of, of, of working with uh, other veterans and first responders, people that serve their community and their country. It's strictly a place to come do hot rod stuff and hang out with other right. uh, veterans and first responders because you have choices. Everybody has choices. But when you come in this program, you can decide whether or not you just want to hang out with other veterans and build stuff and help people work on bikes or you want to actually build your own bike. And that's the unselfish thing that I've loved about it is that everybody's working together, working on everybody else's bike. And that's the other thing that I'm building in these guys, too, is to not be afraid to tackle any task because these guys are doing this in the shop. And then they're going home and like, you know what? I've never built a porch before, but I'm going to try it. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, because they're not they've they've just done so many things in the shop that they've never done before. Right. And so now they're going home. And th so they're taking that. So all of these things, all these good things that I could tell I could tell you a million things that's good about this program that. So now when they finish that bike and they get to go to the gas station, they're filling up. And just Joe blows next to you, filling up gas too. And they're like, man, that bike is amazing. Yeah, Who cool. built that? And you know what they get to say? They get to say, I built it. Yeah. They get to have that goosebump feeling and that, that, that initial feeling of people thinking that your bike is cool. So on top of that, they get to feel like I'm worth something. Exactly. I can still do something. I'm not right. just a veteran that graduated high school went to war and then come back home and I don't know what to do with my life anymore. So now this program has helped you not be afraid to tackle any task and not be afraid to get any job or work wherever you want. Go pursue a dream, uh, free will, free will, free will, go do something, go be something, uh, provide for your family, whatever you want to do, help a brother out. It's weird how it's kind of taking away that fear from people and, and making right. you do something creative and constructive less destructive yes you know to yourself and the people around you building confidence is the biggest takeaway i hear from this it's about building confidence in people yep. and confidence it feeds on everything and works in every aspect of your life to, to help you move forward absolutely spectacular what you're doing there at operation combat bike saver now here's a very introspective question for you you've talked about all these other people versus yourself but if jason was a car or a bike what would jason be I would be probably like the rattiest piece of junk <laughs> on the outside, but I would have probably 10,000 horsepower under the hood. There you go. I love old school and I love seeing like, um, I'm one of those kind of people that loves to see the weld. Yes. You know, when you see those stacked dimes and those nickels and that, yeah. you see that foundation, you see that work. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I love about rat rods. You see that ingenuity, that creativeness. You see where that person's mind went in a different direction yeah. and tried something new or different. So I would probably be that rat rod that's just got tons of power and is going a million miles an hour and <laughs> and cruising too. I mean, I, I, I love just enjoying the hot rod scene in general, cars, vehicles, bikes. Cruising is, you know, is probably the closest thing to flying. Yeah. 
Well, Jason, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Okay, Jason, we are back and we're ending what I call the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive or motorcycle advice you've ever received? Righty, tighty, lefty, loosey. (laughs) Yes, I remember my dad teaching me that. I've used that to this day. Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? Never give up, I guess. Uh, don't <laughs> quit. Tenacity, persistence. Yeah. Yeah. Persistence, persistence, persistence. Uh, you're going to fail. So being, being persistent is key to everything. Absolutely. Embrace those failures as learning lessons. Well, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Probably Chip Foose. The guy, uh, just at least from from my uh, aspect and from my my view from him, is uh, uh, a humble guy. He is very passionate about what he does. He's an amazing artist. Uh, the things that that come out of that guy's head from from top to bottom, from being to start from his concepts, from the original drawing and design of of what a vehicle is going to end up looking like, from his you know initial drawings to actually. Yeah building the thing, fabricating things, his use of tools. And he is one of those kind of guys that, that uh, looks outside that box and looks for those things that are, that are different and he's creative. Yeah. And then to painting, he does everything. Like he's my, he's my kind of guy, you know, I, I would think that we were related. I would love to meet the guy. I would love to pick his brain, hang out. I would love to build some stuff with him, um, shake his hand. 
Well, no doubt one of these days you'll get to meet Chip. I'm I'm sure of it. And uh, yeah, I'd love to have him be a guest on the show. He was actually scheduled to be a guest several times. He got ill both times and we had to cancel. So I'll get him back on here one of these days and then make sure I introduce you too. So how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? Uh, I have actually been recommended a book, and I'm uh, actually itching to start reading it this winter. And it is uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by uh, Robert Persig. Yes. And I, and from what I've heard, it's um, uh, someone had told me that the book itself reminded them of kind of like what our shop's doing and the kind of person that I am looking at things and looking at life at uh, a completely different way. So I'm I'm very anxious to look into this book and actually read it. Yeah, you definitely should. My son gave me that book, and it was not anything like I thought it was going to be. And it actually took me a while to get through the first third, because I kept having to go back and reread, going, what is going on here? Yeah, I think in uh, the gentleman you mentioned before, your good buddy Andy is the one who, uh, Andrew, who's recommended this book. Yeah. So shout out again to Andrew, because yeah. yeah. Uh, and I want to talk to you after you read the book and get your impressions of yeah. it, because it, it's definitely worth reading. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Jason has been so kind to share on his show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Website. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Jason Zaideman, Z-A-I-D-E-M-A-N is the spelling of his last name. And all these great things will be linked there, including this book that should be on your library shelf. All right, Jason, we're up to the last question here. This can be a bit of a doozy for some people. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool car in the world. doesn't matter what it costs, but it's got to be something that you're going to enjoy and drive and ride. You know, no uh, garage queens here on Cars Yeah. I want you to get out there and enjoy this thing. And it could be a bike, too. So I'll include that if you'd rather have a bike. What would that vehicle be and why? Oh, if I could buy any. Uh... See, I'm going to buy you anything. You don't even have to worry about that part of it. I'm going to just go out and write the check, so. I would probably, well, since I love that horsepower, I'd probably have to say either a Porsche or a Ferrari or something with some just massive horsepower just so I could gut the body off of it and throw a rat rod body on top of it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, now we're talking something kind of crazy. So maybe something like a Ferrari with a V12 would be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. You know, something like that. So uh, so we're going to call this a rat rod, luxury car, sports car, Ferrari, Porsche. Oh, my God. Bells and whistles, but on the outside, it just looks old and beat up. Okay, I like it. I like it. That makes sense. No, I was going to say, uh, the reason why I say that is because I I, uh, I kind of started the saying back in uh, when me and my dad had a shop together, is that stock sucks. So, <laughs> I mean, I love a restored vehicle that's been brought back to pristine, original condition. Yeah. In my eyes, stock, boring, by the book, <laughs> sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I like to put flavor on things, you know, so I I don't don't like bland. So that's that's the reason why I would take something that was probably a million dollar car and then just take a hammer and just beat the crap out of it. Oh my gosh, that's the most unique answer to this question I think anyone's ever given me, Jason. So, but I, I can see that with you. You're definitely a guy that blows the box up. There is no thinking inside or even outside the box. You're just, the box doesn't even exist. So 
I love it. Well, Jason, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I really have enjoyed getting to know more about you and more importantly, what you're doing for some of the best people on the planet here, our veterans and first responders. Operation Combat Bike Saver, absolutely spectacular. Ah, This has been a great, great ride and a great honor for me. And, and thank you for serving our country as well as all the people that you work with. Could you give us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that totally custom rat rotted out? Ferrara Porsche, Ferrari Porsche, whatever it is you're going to do to this thing, automobile I'm going to buy for you. I would have to say, see a need, fill a need. You see a problem, get up, go do it. Don't be afraid to fail. A guy who walks his talk. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Operation Combat Bike Saver? You can go to our website at www.combatbikesaver.org. All of our information is there. Our mission statement's there. All our tax information's there. Everything about our organization, applications, uh, we've got apparel stuff there. Um, we've got some pictures. We've got memberships. But the biggest thing is the is what we do. Our mission is there. Uh, it's very clear. Uh, we do this at no cost for anybody. That's the best place to get a hold of us. Uh, our Facebook page also, we do a lot of social media. That's updated daily by uh, Andrew Hasty. He does all the Facebook stuff. I do all the website stuff. Um, so all the information is out there. Please, if you know someone out there that's struggling, even if it's not our program, go seek help for them. You don't push them, but at least give them something, show them something that there are programs out there that that do care about them. So we're hoping that someday that we get out uh, across the, the nation, the U.S., there's tons of people, even in Canada and Australia, uh, they've reached out to us and they want our, our program in their areas because they have veterans, too. So we're working on it. We need more and more programs out there where it's um, family helping family, veterans helping veterans. We need to all help each other, get together, and go solve a problem. If if you're tired of something, get up and go do something about it. Absolutely. Well, listeners, again, I'll make sure there's links to the website, the Facebook page, on Jason's show notes page on carsyad.com. I encourage you, go check out what Jason and his friends and buddies are doing, his comrades. Operation Combat Bike Saver, so, so important. If you can help in any way, I'm sure they'd be happy to take donations from you to help build their shop bigger, have more people come in, and someday I see Operation Combat Bike Saver all over the world. Jason, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. This has been very special. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, sir. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? to design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage. It's where your dream garage comes true. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.